0: Good morning, family. How are you? It is so good to be here this morning. Good morning, Jared. Morning,
1: Ange. It is great to be with the church. And uh, as Pastor Ange, uh, Pastor Jen, sorry, did say, we are kicking off a brand new series, four-week series called Love Lessons and Lies. And you know, relationships in any context, whether that be married, dating, uh, single, or family, and and simply friendships, they have. The potential to be complex. And the solutions to these complexities within the relationships aren't always simple. And so over the next four weeks, over the next month, our intention is to really share some life, uh, teach and preach some principles, and have some real conversations that hopefully provoke choices uh, in your life to honour others and to honour God. And and God willing, these choices will help us to develop as healthier individuals, which will in turn lead lead to healthier relationships. And ultimately, the outcome is to hopefully have a healthier community as Civic Church. It's important to recognize that I think, and something that we have certainly uh, diligently thought about in preparation for this series, is that we recognize in a room this size, and in particular over the next four weeks, Every single one of us have individual journeys with relationships, and we, we're not trained counsellors, we're pastors that love people, um, and that's the approach that we're coming uh, from when it comes to this series. But we do know that there are some very complex situations when it comes to relationships, when it comes to family, when it comes to friendships, when it comes to uh, marriages, and so we want to be there as pastors, we want to be there for you as we navigate this, hopefully This can be a start of perhaps a healing journey for you over the next four weeks. Um, And we've recognized the difficulty of speaking to a room this size with people at all various different seasons. So I encourage you that although sometimes we'll speak to specific situations or specific seasons, whether that be married, dating, divorced, um, single, we'll speak to some of those specific situations. But we also believe that uh, in God, there are timeless truths that can apply to every unique season and journey of relationships. A bit of background context for um, Ange and I. We've been married for 15 years. Um, almost by,
0: 15
1: years. Yeah, almost, yeah. almost. I just rounded it up, you know. Um, by no means are we experts. We know that there are people in here that have been married a lot longer than us. We are not trained counsellors. Um, we dated for 12 months and then we uh, broke up for six months and then we dated for another six months and we said, you know what, why don't we make this thing official? Um, and then we got engaged. We have one daughter because that's all we can afford in this day and age. Um, and today, today our intention is to open our hearts from a place of vulnerability um, and authenticity, hopefully, about one of our struggles in marriage and But we wholeheartedly, even though we're coming from a place of a, a struggle in relationship, we believe that the principles that we talk about today can apply into any relationship. And And one of the biggest issues that we have navigated over the last 15 years is this idea of expectation and reality. Expectation and reality. How do we live with what you wanted is not what you got an expectation is what we think or what we want to happen we visualize it we dream about it we may, maybe even grow a little bit attached to it and then the reality on the flip side is actually what transpires the actual events and often these two are in direct opposition with each other And as a result, not just in marriages, but in any relationship, when one party has an expectation and then that doesn't transpire, it's it's a major cause of relationship breakdown and tension. And maybe you're here this morning, and as I've said those two words, expectation and reality, the internal chatter, the voices inside your head, you're you're thinking, well, this is not exactly what I had in mind when I said I do. Or maybe for you, it's in a friendship context. Maybe you're here this morning, you're thinking, sure, the wedding was fun, but the marriage, not so much. This is not what I imagined. Ladies, maybe you're here this morning, and in your head, you expect that I'm going to marry a man who loves to listen, who is patient, nervous laughter, who can admit he's wrong, who doesn't get stressed in peak hour traffic, who lives in the moment and is never on his phone, and guys, maybe you're here and you imagine, imagine that you would marry a woman who, who doesn't leave excess hair in the shower, who knows that you hang clothes inside out so they don't fade in the sunlight. And really, I've just described our marriage over the last 15 years. <laughs> expectation and reality. In fact, one of, the, one of the quickest examples that comes to my mind when I think of expectation and reality is the day that I proposed to Ange. That was that was a long time ago and it one proposing to Ange was especially exciting and by exciting I mean terrifying. And I had this expectation on the day when I woke up that it would be this beautiful day. This amazing day where her life and my life was forever changed and part of that expectation would it be, would be blue skies and, and the birds would be chirping, the sun was out. And the reality of what I got on that day was it was cloudy when I woke up and it was quite cool. And the plan was for uh, us to go to the Gold Coast. I, I didn't know whether she had any idea um, that I was going to propose, but the plan was to go to the Gold Coast and I was going to hire a boat and take her out into the sea and then we'd find a secluded island and then, you know, see what happened. And My plan was, my expectation was, well, you know what, if if she can see that I can demonstrate that I can operate a vessel in the open seas, if she was doubtful in any way, she could see that I was, you know, I can handle a boat, I can handle the open seas, I reckon I can be the master and commander of marriage, all right? That was my expectation. And the expectation of what we got when we arrived there to hire the boat was a four horsepower motor. And the seas were especially calm. And so the reality of what I expected was not true. And then I remember the moment where we found this secluded part of the beach. And I walked up the beach a little bit. And I, and I rode in the sand. I think we've got a photo maybe, perhaps, somewhere. And, and I rode in the sand, will you marry me? And I called Ange up to the beach. And I got on one knee. And as I opened the, the box with the diamond jewel in there... My expectation was there. It is, there it is. On that, that's where I was kneeling down, saying, "Marry me." Now, the 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 middle reaction there, that was that was um, posed. That was not her initial. My expectation, That's what I expected to happen, but this is in fact the reality of what happened when I was down on one knee and I said, "Would you marry me?" She paused. Not only did she pause, friends, she began to cry. And so in my head, I'm like, have I totally misread the room here? And it was a good 10, 15, maybe even 20 seconds before she said a word. And in my head, the, re- the reality was thinking is this is going to be an awkward drive home. <laughs> Eventually, she, she indicated, can I just say it, to all the women, if you ever get proposed, can you just give us an instant yes? Like we can do all the emotional stuff later, but just, just put us out of our misery and just say Yes. Just so we know we're good, like we got a green light here. <laughs> Eventually, she did say yes, and, and uh, but that was a pose. I said, "Look, you need to pose the the reaction that I wanted." Um, <laughs> expectation and reality.
0: Can I just also say, see the boat there? The picture of the boat up there. The expectation was for Jared was that he would drive in nice and slowly to the beach, you know, onto there, and, when you know, he'd help me out of the boat. In reality, what happened was he decided to put it into reverse and I was actually on the back of the boat. And as he's reversing, he thought, oh, actually, I'll go in nose first. So he chucks it into, uh, to go forward again, and what happens to me, I end up in the water, in the drink. (laughs) Up to my neck. So here he is, (laughs) wanting to propose, and I am soaking wet (laughs) to the core. It wasn't the uh, expectation versus the reality, was it, Jared? The other thing about uh, when we're talking about expectation and reality is, I wonder if you think about where our expectations actually come from. And as Jared and I were preparing from this, one thing that we talked about was. What actually frames our expectation? What is it that actually, uh, yeah, frames our expectation? Two things that we thought uh, really key for this is our orange, our orang- not our oranges, our origins, where we come from, how we grew up, our family life, those kind of things. And the other thing is our outside influences: our family, our friends, our culture, comparison past relationships. These things all impact on the way that we see and have expectations. And I know for me, when we look at origins and, and our childhood and upbringing, it is very different to Jared's. And I grew up in a family, a beautiful family, uh, very loving parents, but they grew up um, in a era where you saved and you only bought just what you needed you bought the best but you bought just what you needed. so this is what I grew up with we had everything that we needed but we only bought things that we needed and I brought this expectation into our marriage I married a man who loves spending money
1: <laughs> true correct
0: Loves spending money. He's not wasteful. But there's sometimes that I think and have the expectation of do you really need that? Is that really important? Do you need that new pair of shoes? I quite frequently say to him, Isn't that pair of shoes the same as your other ones? And he'll say, no, no, these are leather, the others are canvas, but they look identical. But you know what? The expectation versus the reality (laughs) is okay. So we've got to have a look at what can set our expectations, our past, our past relationships. We can bring those, um, what's happened into those, into our new experiences and cause expectations as well.
1: Elaine D. Botton wrote an essay for the New New York Times titled, Why You Will Marry the Wrong Person. And the premise of his writing was that we are all flawed and therefore there is no perfect mate out there for anyone. He added that no human could possibly fix all our problems and everything that we need. Not only that, but he went on to say that we really can't know someone until we grow close and closeness takes time. He quoted that we seem normal only to those who don't know us very well. The problem is before marriage, we rarely talk about the complexities. One of the privilege of being on our own or living on our own is that we have the false impression that we are easy to live with. His summary was we need to stop idolizing and comparing reality to the romanticized view of love that elevates feelings above all else. Our overemphasis on goosebumps and warm fuzzies and Instagram, Instagram reels set us up for failure when we are in the throes of mundane reality. And so when we talk about where did our expectations come from, we need to un- identify where they originated from. Where did I get that idea that this is what this relationship, this friendship, this family, this marriage was going? to Where did that come from? Then we need to ask ourselves, are they realistic and are, or are they unhealthy? And have they been clearly and authentically communicated to the other party or the other spouse? Because often what we look for in relationships can only be found in Jesus. Look what it says in Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 to 10. It says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I'll read it again. So you are also complete... You are complete through your union with Christ. When we pursue what is found in Christ, we will be left disappointed by others. And that's why often in in not just churches, but in any relationship, we see 30, 40-year-old men looking for the affirmation in another relationship when they should have got when they were three or four. And if you are insecure when you are single, marrying someone won't change that insecurity. The need for affirmation is legitimate, we're not denying that, but don't put that responsibility of supplying that missing confidence into a relationship, an earthly relationship. It's only God that can change the way that you see yourself, friend. No matter what the other person does, no matter what your spouse does, they will never be good enough, they won't be strong, strong enough, and you'll go from relationship to relationship, with unrealistic standards because you're looking to fill a hole that only Jesus can fill. The problem is not them, it's your expectations.
0: I wonder, Jared, if you wanted to share, (laughs) here I am putting you on the spot, is uh, just in regards to that point of um, our relationship before we got married the first time and the expectation that you had on me to fill that hole that Jesus should have had in your life?
1: Yeah so I think you know I mentioned before that we broke up and part of that season where we spent time apart was um, we had no intention of ever getting back together mind you but we simply just decided to part ways and only by God's grace did we get back together but part of that relationship breakdown was because I was looking for looking for something in Ange though I should have been looking for something in God and I was quite an insecure guy and really I was actually leaning a lot on Ange even for my spiritual walk and it wasn't until um, you know we, we made that decision to part ways, that I could actually get a clearer picture that it was, I needed to be secure and I needed to be, have my relationship secure in God before anything else. I needed to understand before I could become a husband, before I could become a father, I needed to understand that I was a son first. And once I got that foundation in my life, then I could head into marriage, then I could head into any other relationship with a secure foundation of who I was in Christ. And if I didn't have that, and I think if we had it persisted and we tried to manipulate the situation and and maybe just put our head in the sand and think, no, no, we're all good, and we had it persisted with the marriage, I think it would have been a really, really unhealthy and toxic marriage because I would have been looking for something in my wife that I should have been seeking Christ for.
0: Yeah, it's very true. A secure, healthy and thriving relationship with Jesus confronts unmet expectations. Our spouse should never complete us. Our completeness should be found in Christ, and to be have that security and that wholeness, and as you know, we were talking about anchored coming up, having that anchor in God. We need to know God as Father, as Daughter, and Son. And sometimes we can have expectations on God. Or a warped perception of who God is in our life. And when we don't have a true representation and a true relationship with God, we can also feel disappointed with God of unmet expectation. How many times have we prayed the prayers to God and then expected him to uh, work it out how we wanted him to and then only to feel disappointed, upset at God? We need to know who God is as Father, that this world is going to be tough. We're going to have the tough times. I remember growing up, I grew up in a Christian family, but we never really had anything bad happen in our family. And my belief was that as a Christian, God would just give me this wonderful, happy life. If I believed in God, He would look after me. He would protect me from all the tough stuff in life. But sadly, this isn't the true gospel. The true gospel is that God is always there for me. He will be sufficient for me in everything I need. But the tough times will still come. That I can't put my human expectations on the God of the world, of the God who created this very world, who created you and me. Because we will be disappointed And there will be a point of when reality kicks in. And so what's really important in this point is that we've really got to know God for who he truly is. Not who we think he is, not having expectation on him of working in our timing, but in his timing in how he wants to outwork things in our life.
1: Absolutely. And I think we also need to recognize that relationships don't complete you. They complement you. And so, you know, often Angie and I will say things like, you know, I don't need you. And to, to some people, that sounds actually quite harsh. Now, I, I, I want Angie in my life because she compliments who I am, but she doesn't complete me, nor do I complete her. Uh, relationships don't define you. And I think this is really, really important for young people to hear because there is such a pressure to, even, even within church, is to find a partner and to get married. But relationships don't define you, they develop you. Relationships don't control your life, they beautify your life. Relationships don't make you valuable, they they add value to who you already are. But it's so important that we understand that a relationship, particularly a a, a marriage or a a dating, they don't define you and nor do they complete you, it's Christ that completes you. That, That way you can have people that are single and secure in who they are because they know who they are in Christ. If you feel single and you're stuck in life, the problem is not your lack of a spouse. If you're married and stuck, the problem is not your spouse or your kids. Don't look to the external human sources for something only Jesus can provide.
0: And can I say, I'm so thankful that we are part of a church here at Civic Church, that we are surrounded by incredible, secure, single people who even as a church and a culture, we don't push people to, well, you have to get married, that's the right thing to do. This is something that is just part of your journey. But we're more about people wherever they are in their journey as a church to be secure in God. That I just love that as part of our church Absol- and yeah. who we are at Civic, that that's part of our culture.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, relationships were never meant to be a cure for all of life's problems. That is one of the great myths, I think, of love and singleness and it's subtly propagated by our culture from from rom-coms and Disney stories that all of a sudden if you can get married or if you can find the person in your dreams, then all the issues get fixed. If you have two dysfunctional, combative, selfish people get married, they don't magically get along just because they have great chemistry. They combine their dysfunction under one roof and it becomes a living hell. External changes can't fix internal issues, external changes can't fix internal issues and sadly what happens is We have internal issues and rather than actually self-reflecting and internalising some of those issues, we actually try to externalise them and we think, well, a new friend will fix that issue, a new partner will fix that issue, a new spouse will fix that issue, rather than actually reflecting and saying, you know what, maybe it's me that has some problems with some of my expectations and God, I need you to do some open heart surgery on that so that I can actually have some realistic views on what a healthy relationship is
0: one thing that um, I've seen and noticed is that expectations are hidden until reality reveals them. I know in my life and in our relationship, you don't actually know or realise you've had an expectation until reality hits. And there's many things that come with that when reality hits. Sometimes it's frustration, sometimes it's annoyance, sometimes it's, Anger, and it's only at that point that you realize that there's been an expectation there that hasn't been met, that the reality has actually um, kicked in. You don't know that you've had it until you've been deflated with the reality. Sometimes it's a result of frustration, something that you've actually made up or visualized, and then it actually didn't happen how you thought it would.
1: And sometimes that, I think you know, when we talk about unmet expectations, sometimes it's not only just the big things, but it can be a build-up of all the small things. Right. And I know, you know, it, I probably still do it, actually. Sometimes I can be really, really poor in my communication when I'm um, going to be home for dinner. And so, you know, obviously I don't work a typical nine-to-five job, and so my hours do vary. And oftentimes, Anne will have an expectation that I will communicate or, you know, just a, a quick text or a quick call, to say, hey, I'll be home at, you know, this time or whatever. And over time, my failure to not communicate, that builds up and that becomes a problem. It's not, a, it's not isolated, it's not a huge issue, but it can sometimes be the build-up of little events or the little things that aren't um, clearly communicated between two people that actually can become a huge problem.
0: I get gr- very grumpy. <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> Unmet expectations in my opinion, are an environment for growth. Marriage, if I can speak specifically into to marriage, marriage is a, a, a mirror. Before, before getting married, you don't actually have to look in the mirror and you don't actually have to address the issues. In fact, you think you're right 95% of the time. Uh, and when you get married, you actually think it's your spouse, it's the other person that's bothering you. It's it's actually not, it's it's you. It's when you, when you Uh, live with someone in close proximity, they are actually revealing issues within you that you actually have to deal with. But when you're not in that proximity, you don't have to deal with it. And if you're you're single here today, my my challenge to you would be, ask yourself what makes you annoyed and irritated? Because you don't actually realise what it is until you get married and then you find out what annoys you and what irritates you and what gets on your nerves. Marriage actually magnifies what annoys you and what irritates you and what gets under your skin. When you are so attached to the imagination or the fantasy of what you want to happen, you can actually miss out on what God wants to do in your life. And so when you're hit with the cold crucible of reality and and you think, well, this is not how I wanted it to be and it, it should have worked out differently. This is not how I imagined. Are you actually missing out on what God wants to do in your reality. Look what it says in Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. 1 Thessalonians sorry says be thankful in all circumstances. Notice it doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. But it says be thankful in all circumstances, which means the cards that you get dealt. We're not here to advocate for obviously abusive relationships and if and if that is the case then obviously that is a completely different conversation. But we're saying sometimes when we're hit with reality, we need to Maybe stop and take stock and say, you know what, what is God trying to say to me in this moment? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18.
0: Unmet expectations that are unexpressed become a recipe for unresolve in any relationship. Let me read this to you again. Unmet expectations that are unexpressed become a recipe for unresolve in any relationship. Unexpressed emotions in suppression, which leads to withdrawal, then walls, and the final destination is isolation and conclusion. If we're not... Open, Seclusion. Oh, what did I say? Conclusion. Oh, well, thanks for fixing me up on that. I really appreciate it. Um <laughs> This is real life, people. Been doing it for 15 years. Real life. <laughs> the, tr- <laughs> the truth is, if we just not communicate and not talk about the unmet expectations, as open and vulnerable and scary as it can be, sometimes we think that they can just sit dormant and have no effect on us. But the truth is, those things will still sit inside of us. They can fester. And this is not just in a marriage relationship. This can be in friendships as well. But we need to, in our relationships, feel like that we're in a safe space to be able to clearly communicate with one another those disappointments, those unmet expectations. See, the emotions that we have are never buried dead, but they're actually buried alive. Those emotions aren't buried dead they're actually buried alive and we have a body that carries emotions and if we're not open and real about our emotions then unfortunately it can come out in really unhealthy ways in our relationships. see honest communication is about being able to communicate how you feel but having the other person just listen and not respond and Last year, Jared and I did Marriage Matters, and you know, we'd been married 14 years and thought that our marriage was in a pretty good place. But one thing that we really learnt about is that we weren't good listeners to each other. We wanted to quickly butt in on our side of the story, what we thought was reality. But in these expectations, we've got to learn to listen. And whether we feel like it's right or wrong, we've got to learn to listen and have empathy for what that person is actually trying to communicate, whether we think it's right or wrong. We've always got to avoid the language in our conversation of you always or you never. We've got to take ownership, like Jared was saying, of looking at ourselves in the mirror rather than blaming the other person or putting uh, the pressure on them, but actually look at ourselves and go, what is it that's going on in me? We've always got to assume the best, the best in our relationships, the best in our, uh, the way that we communicate with one another. And the truth is, this isn't easy. Relationship is not easy. No relationship. Friendships, relationships, marriages, they're not easy. But God is there to help us and show us when we have that firm foundation in Him and know what it is to have a healthy relationship. But it does get to a point where we need to be vulnerable and open with one another in a God-honouring way, that we do learn to listen, to one another, whatever the relationship is, but I think it's being aware that we have expectations on relationship and be aware that sometimes we don't realise we have the expectation till the reality kicks in and we're hurt and we're uh, upset, but to also then be able to reflect and um, find healing in that as well.
1: Ange mentioned that we we did Marriage Matters last year and not only one of the obviously things that we observed about our marriage is that we're not great listeners and that's certainly something that we can continue to work on but one of the things that was also highlighted to me in, in one of the sessions, um, we've just done it actually just last week with the, with the current guys that we're doing Marriage Matters with and it's all around the power of forgiveness and one of the things that uh, they, they create an environment where you basically have a one-on-one conversation with your spouse and One of the things that was highlighted to me as a husband was in our early years of marriage Ange would actually sometimes suppress a lot of the the ways that she was feeling in fear of how I would react and and it's something that I'm not proud of but in our early years of marriage often I would react very, very poorly to to certain situations and as Ange started to listen my, my immediate... My immediate response was I wanted to defend myself. And it was in that moment that I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, don't just listen to her, but hear her. Hear her heart. Hear her heart. And as she began to communicate honestly and vulnerably, with everything inside of me, it was so hard to hear because she was right. But you know what, I think 12 months on since those tough conversations that we've had, and like Anne said, we thought we were, we were doing pretty well, but it's not until you actually take a moment and you realize that, you know what, let's, let's actually have a real chat here. Let's actually get real with our relationships. And we're not just talking about marriage. This is a, these are conversations that you could have within your family, with your, with your son or your daughter or with your mother or your father. This, these are conversations that you can have with your brother or your sister or your friends. Honest and vulnerable conversations in an environment where we both parties want the best. Sometimes the truth can hurt, but I know that I'm a far better person because I accepted the truth and I said, you know what, I can change and I want God to help me and I want the Holy Spirit to lead me. But it takes those honest communications where we don't just listen but we actually hear the other person. You know, our intention at the end of today was to hopefully just share a bit of our heart and maybe give some principles that have helped us dealing with the issues of expectation and reality. And I wonder if we could stand church as we finish today. Because I do want to pray for us. Because like I said right at the start, I fully recognize that there are a whole bunch of different seasons and unique journeys in this room right now when it comes to relationships. Maybe you're in a relationship right now that has turned out nothing the way that you expected it to. And there's been heartache and there's been heartbreak and it's it hasn't gone to script. It hasn't gone to plan. And I'm not going to try and sanitize that and say it's it's... It's going to be okay because all of us have experienced heartbreak at some level. But here's what I do know. I do know that we have a God of peace. Here's what I do know, friend, that we have a God of comfort. And if you're willing to be led by Him, and if you're willing to lean into His wisdom, and He'll give you the courage and the patience and the discernment, to be able to navigate perhaps some of the complex relationships that we're faced with. It'll grow you. It might not change the relationship, might not even change the circumstance. I won't lie to you, but it will change you. It will do a work in your heart. Maybe you'll look back on those heartbreak seasons and you'll think, you know what? God did a work in me. Sometimes in relationships and relationship breakdown, you have to walk through the fire. But it's when you walk through the fire that you feel the closeness of God and the closeness of His Holy Spirit. And so, God, right now, God, we were designed for relationship, we were designed for community. And God, we know that when we put you at the centre of any relationship, we honour you and we honour the other party. But God, we know that when selfishness invades, pride invades, insecurities manifest, we know that it creates a toxic environment. So God, we're here again. Maybe for some the hundredth time and we're we're asking God, heal our hearts. God, we're asking again for us to be courageous and brave to have the honest and authentic conversations with each other. God, I pray that you would bring healing to the hearts that need healing. God, through the only way that you can, that you would remind them how Loved and valued they are. That they are complete because of you, not because of a relationship. That they are valuable not because of a relationship, because of the price that was paid by your son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that over the next four weeks, as we take a more in-depth look into relationships, Into love and the lessons, even the deception and the lies that we can buy into, God, that there would be an inner work done in this community. That we would reflect your glory, that we would reflect your goodness, that we would be a testimony to a hurting world. That we would know that it's not our efforts or our achievements. Because we've leaned into you. It's because you're doing the leading. That you would get the glory. Because we want to honor you. We want to keep you at the center of everything that we do. That we're grounded in you, God. We know that when our relationship with you is functioning in a healthy manner, God, the byproduct of that is healthy relationships in our world, in our community. God, we're grateful. Grateful that we're designed for relationship and all the benefits that it brings. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, I do want to say that as we navigate this series and perhaps there are conversations that you don't just want to have with other parties, but you want to have with a pastor, you need to know that your pastoral team loves you and are always here for you. We want to support and care for you as best we can. And so if there is stuff that you want to walk through and work through, and please make an appointment to see any of our pastors throughout the week, on Sunday, whenever is convenient for you. We want to be here for you, church, as we walk through this. Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We're going to finish with one final song.